You're listening to Get Real KC with Jen and Eric. Kansas City's consumer-facing real estate podcast. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Get Real KC, where we are overflowing with a passion for all things real estate. I'm Eric Jurgensen. And I'm Jen Justice. And today we are excited to have in studio with us Sue Shores, the owner of Change It KC. Sue is a redesigner and a member of the interior <laughs> interior redesign industry specialists. Sue, welcome to the show. Uh, thank you, Eric and Jen. I'm excited to be here. Hey, we're very excited to have you. We get to talk about, uh, from a home selling perspective, and honestly, from a buying perspective as well, one of sort of the, the, the most subjective yet important aspects of getting top dollar for selling a home. We're going to be talking about staging. It's 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 one of my favorite topics because everybody has an opinion on exactly what's right and most of them aren't. Yes. <laughs> so uh, so let's jump right into it. And, and I'm going to do that by just expressing the two things that I know almost every agent tells their client. And maybe you can expound on these a little bit, but we tell them and maybe even the third. Right. The, the, the first one is clean. And Jen and I talk on all of our podcasts, I think, about how important it is to be obsessively clean when you show your house. Clean sells houses. That's for sure. Uh, the, the second thing we talk about is this general word declutter. Um, and maybe we should get a lot more specific into declutter here as, as we go along. And then I guess the third thing that we frequently hear, sometimes we share, is to depersonalize a little bit. So let's start with those before we get into, you know, the true, you know, expert knowledge you're going to bring. Tell us about those three. How important are they? And do we even have it right? Oh, absolutely. You have it right. I think it's such a wonderful question. So um, as far as cleaning, you know, people want things especially now um, in today's environment, people want to know that that what they're walking into is clean because it shows a couple things. A, that the home receives a lot of attention on a regular basis and that it's very well cared for. So I think that whole idea that a place looks clean has a lot of other messages with that. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I frequently will tell clients clean and well-organized means that they probably took care of their house. They kept their systems going. They changed their filters. They're just, you know, et cetera. Absolutely. So yeah. what about declutter? Uh, declutter allows, you know, when, when there are small objects, and I usually, um, size-wise, anything that's the size of a 5 by 7 frame or smaller, I recommend to remove. What that does, it just eats up space, whether it's on the floor, on the wall, or on tabletop, or on a counter. And it can be distracting, especially in photos. Now, why is that important? Why is space important? What are we, what's the goal? What are we trying to do with a room? Well, that's what we're selling is space. And so staging is about arranging things and using items that highlight the space. That's my only goal with staging. So having all of your favorite knickknacks out that, that bring you joy, they take away from the space that somebody else wants to buy and put their knickknacks in. Absolutely. Absolutely, Eric. And that is the difference, really, of designing to live versus designing to sell. Excellent. So what about the personal? I mean, I've, I've heard this over the years. On occasion, I've even given out the advice uh, because of what I was looking at about, you know, take the family pictures down. And is that a, is that a thing? Yes, that is definitely a thing. And, and what's the reasoning behind that? The reasoning behind it is uh, I have, in my mind, I have a couple per, uh, specific reasons. One is to actually 
keep any uh, personal information not available to anybody who looks at the photos or walks in the home? Uh, well, I, yeah, I, I, I think about that. I was just in a home uh, uh, just two days ago with a new client, and we were looking, and there was a nice computer set up and all of that. And, of course, you know, we just made the observation, oh, this person's a gamer. It was a, just a casual, innocent uh, observation. But you do, when you're in a home, think about the people who are living there. It's just it's natural, I think. Absolutely, it's natural. And, you know, people think things without realizing that they're thinking them. They make assumptions based on what they see. And I think when there is when there are personal items out, then it starts to tell a story about how that person lives. That makes sense. Absolutely. I know that one of the things uh, we do when um, the investment group I work with, when we're looking at homes to buy and, and rehab, is um, we see a lot of homes where uh, somebody has moved out abruptly. Maybe they've they've passed on or maybe they've gone to a different living arrangement or something like that. So there's lots and lots of personal stuff. And it's impossible to go through those houses without looking at, oh, I see that the person who lived here was a lawyer or a salesperson or whatever it was. So it's impossible to do that. So that, that's, a, that's a good point. It's a good security measure as well to say nothing of just making the space better for people. Exactly. And those things can end up resulting in deep discounts in a home. So the more we can declutter, the cleaner the home looks. Those all bode towards dollars and cents for you if you're a seller. And if you're a buyer, it's just going to feel better. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So um, we've one of the things that, that I love to talk about, uh, because, um, of course I've, I've got a body built for radio, so I'm a guy of size. And, and, uh, so I love to talk about the size of furniture because it's a big deal. Um, and, uh, my favorite staged houses are the ones that have furniture that I can't possibly fit in. <laughs> so, so tell, tell me about that. Cause I think it relates to the whole space concept, right? Oh, absolutely. Um, I think, uh, that has to do with space in a couple different ways is, um, I always tell sellers that we want those potential buyers to feel as comfortable as possible when they're in the home. And whether that be that they're able to walk freely through the home and not feel like they're in a tight space. And then also having the, um, the oversized furniture, it does nothing but eat up space. The focus for furniture is basically just to show people how to use the space. Show them where they're going to sit, show them where they're going to sleep, show them where they're going to eat dinner. And if the furniture is too big, it is too cumbersome to walk through the property, and it just eats up space that needs to be free and, and open. How many times out of 10 would you say you have to recommend in a selling situation that they remove furniture? Probably 95% of the time. Yeah, and we had a statistic that Eric uh, had drawn up, or not drawn up, but had researched. <laughs> Let me just create the numbers. Well, I mean, you're actually really good at research, so you probably yeah. could draw us up some statistics there. But that we, what was the average number of items that a person has? It's oh, like a ridiculous number. Yeah, it's over 200,000. 200,000 unique items in the average American home. It's ridiculous. And Holy so, cow. Yeah. yeah, and when we're going to think about selling it, nobody wants your 200,000 things, and that's going to clutter up the home, and that's fantastic for you to live there. But when we're thinking about selling and selling that idea of the space, right, Correct. those items have nothing to do with it. And it, as hard as it is to, like, store everything up, pods are fantastic, all of these things that, you know, 95% of the people need to do, mm -hmm. um, you know, it's just part of the process. Mm -hmm. Exactly. You know, I've been in homes where they're like there are obviously like there are children that live there but the home is just immaculate on tour and then you poke your head in the garage and the garage is stuck 
stacked, just stacked. And obviously they cram everything. You know what? That's okay. That that did better than being in the house for sure. Yeah, and it always amuses me too when we go through for uh, inspections or something about that. They have completely let go of those show <laughs> premise. Yeah. I mean, nine times out of ten, there's there's that one that's always neat, right? There's yeah. that one person that's ten percent of the population, and I'm making a, you know, not making it up, but it's not a large, vast majority that live super organized one hundred percent of the time. And so you see these houses when you're showing them to the buyers, and then you come through for the inspection, they're like, oh, and don't mind the eighteen thousand box with the 500 books over here and everything else. Of course, the person doesn't mind at that point. They've already seen the space and everything. But it's a pretty common thing that when you go back through, it doesn't quite look the way that it did when you were showing it. So we know we need to make the space. We need we need to accent the space. And you're saying that, that the furniture itself is really just to give them an idea of how the space should or could be used. Um when, uh, and, and I want to get into full on staging in a minute, but one of the things that um, we always say when we're asked about like colors, people who are like, I really need to paint this wall no matter what, because it's torn up, it's got my son's crayons or my daughter's crayons on it or whatever. Um, and they say, what color should I paint it? We always say, look, you need to uh, paint to the broadest common set. And you need to do it in currently um, um, current styles in terms of color schemes. You know that was in, in in the 90s. That was what I called Johnson County taupe because it all started in a big new Johnson County homes, and it was this sort of taupe. And then I went into the 90s and early 2000s, and now, and I think we're probably about to come out of it. But the grays are immensely in and have been for probably a decade now. Does that sound about right? Yes. I mean, I, I'm talking your language. I'm just kind of what I've observed. Um, how, how important are the uh, choices, particularly of colors, of things like, uh, particularly if you're going for big time top dollar and you have a higher end home, uh, possibly doing some simple replacements that aren't horribly expensive at those price levels like drapes and stuff. How important is it to match modern trends and color schemes? It's extremely important, Eric. Um, so... Color is is one paint on the walls is one of the easiest ways to bring an updated look, and uh, there are several shades of gray that are still going to be popular for a while. They're tending to trend more more of a warm gray rather than a cool gray. We'll see that here probably next spring. I think in the Midwest we're a little grayish. Grayish, you got that Grage. right. Yes, yes. <laughs> oh um, no. Yeah, but it's also important that it works with the trim. So I never, right. I, I never am very, I am always really close to my paint deck and I pull it out at 90% of my stagings because people need to add some color. They need to repaint, cover up the orange, cover up the yellow, cover up the red, whatever that would be, and bring in a neutral color that appeals to the masses. Hey, don't knock the orange now. I like the orange. No, I know I what you're saying. I love orange. Actually, I it's my favorite color. Mine too. Yeah. So that's strange. Right. Right, very nice. High it's energy. just a bit different in selling a home that paint is one of the least expensive and easiest ways to freshen up a home. I mean, even if you've lived there for years and years and years, I know that we had um, you know, some mauve in our house when we moved in, and we had some wallpaper in our house when we moved in. And Ma freshening. Mauve? color what's it, mauve it was, i'm gonna have to look that uh, up do you remember it oh Sue? yes yes uh, it's, like, it's a, like a purplish pink yes um might yes. be it, it was probably i'm looking that up popular 70s oh yeah. my wife caught me into this color in our bedroom for our first house 
And uh, yeah, yeah. Was that, let's see, was that in my bedroom or was that I went, in my I went, dining room? We're freshly room? married. I went, I sure, honey, whatever now, you want. But, um, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so and it was it's very popular amongst some generations, mm-hmm. and Absolutely. I think it was a, a generational thing, kind of like maybe like blue is coming in now. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing blues. I actually like the blues, but I know that that also is it probably appeals to more folks. But I'm sure there is a variety of folks that that also turns off. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, absolutely. What, um, so, and I should mention, because you did, you you both have mentioned paint is one of the easiest ways to refresh your look, to update a house, et cetera. Um, That is if you know how to paint. Right. Yeah, that, I recommend hiring a professional. (laughs) Absolutely. I mean, I painted my small bathroom at our lake place, and I thought very, very short while into the project, taping. Oh, my Lord. Because you've got to be careful. I mean, everybody, I, you know, we have a lot of investment properties. Everybody thinks they're a painter. And that is a staunch non-negotiable for me that you may not paint unless you're a professional painter. I mean, there is a reason there's a painter you're shooting, for goodness sakes. Yeah, it runs, it splatters, it gets on trim easy. There's a number of things that people don't anticipate before they start thinking about oh, yeah. painting. E- edging, wall prep, you know, fixing, you know. Um, Especially with the wallpaper. I mean, even as even mm-hmm. a very experienced painter with glue with wallpaper, uh, sometimes they think it's all off, and then you put a coat of paint on there, and you realize I'm going to have to resand yes. this and paint again. Yes, it's very meticulous work. It is. It is, and it shows. I mean, you can see the paint being applied evenly, and it, it just finishes out so much nicer with a professional painter. I agree completely. It's worth the investment. Speaking of worth the investment, um, let, let's shift a little bit. We've talked about a lot of things that maybe people can do themselves, but at some point, and, and I will tell everyone that, that on my last home sale, which was just this last year, um, I did, I contracted a professional to come help me with staging. So, um, when you are at that point and you go, look, I need some help. There's, there's different services that can be offered in in the world that you work in. And so t- take us through from maybe what would be considered sort of entry or the least expensive to the full-on uh, turnkey kind of stuff. What kinds of things, when you talk to a designer about staging your home, what kinds of things uh, can they expect as uh, offers? Oh, that's a great question. So my services range anywhere from a virtual staging, which has been extremely popular since, uh, let me think, February of 2020. <laughs> Uh, I have perfected that very well. I've done everything from paint color to tile to wood stain, all virtually. Now, when you say virtual staging, this is essentially you um, uh, working with a client through Zoom or whatever. Correct. FaceTime, whatever their thing is. Because virtual staging has another meaning in, in the industry as well, which is to digitally render um, various furniture, artwork, et cetera, in the house. Exactly, so. exactly. And so for me, it is working with that seller while they're in their home through Zoom or FaceTime. So, Or sometimes that, that is too complicated for some sellers, and so they send me pictures on, they email me pictures, and I look at the pictures, and then I call them, and we, we walk through it that way. It's whatever the, the individual's most comfortable with. 
So the, the first stage of uh, somebody who's going to get some staging help is essentially a consultation of some kind, whether that be in person or virtual or via picture. Exactly. Because that's certainly what I did is is I had somebody come in and unfortunately it wasn't you, Sue. I'm sorry. It was that's somebody okay. who actually doesn't. Actually, Sue wasn't here. I recommended Sue, but she had taken a sabbatical to Florida. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and now <laughs> she's back. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you were off vacationing and uh, uh, actually uh, had a couple of different designers because there's nice. a one that's a, uh, a friend of the family. So mm-hmm. awesome. um, came in and, and the, the help was a mess. It was it did uh, a pretty significant number uh, on terms of changing the look and feel of the house. Um, but that was a recommendation in terms of changes we could make. Mm-hmm. Um, and and we did a lot of those. We talked about plants. We talked about, apparently, my taste is a little more traditional, which I didn't really realize. Um, and that, you know, we needed to modern up the look of the home, et cetera. Um, it, it really helped. But if we go beyond that, if somebody says, well, that's great. You tell me that this couch needs to be replaced, but it's not like I have another couch to toss in here that looks like a modern designer trend. Furthermore, I don't want to go buy one because that's not what I want. Um, What's the next level? What do people do at that point? So it depends on their budget. Sometimes they have, um, like say it is someone who is in their 50s or 60s and they're downsizing, they may have a kiddo that has a sofa that they can borrow that is a more updated, trendy sofa. Um, Or they can actually rent or lease furniture from different companies in the city. So... And, and that's, you're hitting the nail on the head on everything I did. I went to my friends that have really cool furniture and yeah, I said, I cool. need to borrow that. Yeah. I couldn't yeah. you know, I sit in it. <laughs> I could sit in it. I couldn't get up from it. You know, I'm 6'3", but, but uh, it looked really cool in the house. Um, but if not, then uh, any designer can connect you with a company that then will lease furniture. That does get a little bit pricey. It's typically not the kind of thing that's done um, for uh homes that just don't bring the economics to support it. But well, and I mean, there's some simple things. So I remember when we had uh, new construction, mm-hmm, right? right? So we did like some air mattresses in some of the vacant bedrooms. Yes. So that's a fairly inexpensive thing, but you can rent those, right? Mm-hmm. So that's that's one of the pieces. And then you put some inexpensive, um, tasteful bed clothing on and, and so forth like that. And then some different plants and whatnot that you just plug in there. So just there's some fairly inexpensive, easy ways mm-hmm. to give some visual aids to the space, right? Especially if it's vacant space um, that are like that. And builders especially, I mean, obviously they're going to need to lease furniture unless they're doing a huge, you know, project. And right now I can't imagine a lot of builders are having to stage anything, but maybe they're keeping a model here or there, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe they are. Yeah. And they're going to lease a lot of that furniture over time because they're not going to have any use for it. Some of them buy it and then keep it on hand to move around. But honestly, right. they're even going to want some depth in between houses to not use the exact same thing every time because they don't want to seem cookie cutter as it's called exactly so exactly good point jen yeah i think um i think um spending some money pillows and plants they're not the cheapest things in the world but that's not like having to buy a whole new furniture set well right let's face it the sellers if if you're out there looking you're looking at your return on your investment right so if you can spend a thousand dollars in aesthetics and it's going to net you five it's a no-brainer 
And, and there are some cases like that. And sometimes it's even more dramatic than that in high-end homes. I right. mean, it can be tens of thousands of dollars for, you know, one to $2,000 investment to just change out a few things because there is some inexpensive options out there now. Like, you know, at, at home's not terribly expensive. Pier One has went online, which has decreased their cost even. And they've yeah. got some really nice inexpensive pieces to pop in here and rearrange here and take out 95% of this and put in 5% of this and voila, right? It's not quite that easy, but get the idea. Exactly, exactly. Let's talk cost for a minute um, and before we wrap up, because I think that's a very real thing to talk about. And um, obviously when we're talking about value propositions, you need to be talking to Sue at changeitkc.com. She'll come help you out. But just in general, from an industry standpoint, uh, it, because that's always the curiosity of somebody who's selling a $200,000 home or $150,000 home. Is this even worth it to me? Right? Is the return on investment there, as Jen was pointing out? So. What what are the what is the range that somebody can expect for a, a, a staging consult? A starting price is one hundred and seventy five dollars for a consultation. So, and is that pretty common throughout the industry? I mean, I believe I, so. Again, yes. why would anybody talk to anybody but you? I get it, but <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of talented stagers here in the Kansas City metro. Do have to give them kudos? So, so you're looking at a couple hundred dollar investment, maybe less, which mm-hmm. is not significant. Um, depending on your budget and your cash flow, et cetera. So yeah, and sometimes think, it's just that objective opinion, right? Because right. we're married to our stuff, right? We live with it every day. And to have an objective opinion come in and, you know, your friends don't want to come in and it's not really an insult, but hey, maybe some people take it that. But hey, when you hire a professional to come in, they may tell you some things that you don't want to hear, but they're doing it for your best interest being at heart. Well, and I think it's good to know that I think a lot of people believe when they hear the word designer that there's a cost barrier to entry right. and, and there just simply isn't, right? You can get some professional help very reasonably priced. So. Absolutely. And I always tell people that the, the cost of my services is far less than the first um, reduced price of their home sell. That, that's, yeah. a, that's a good that's observation. That's a fantastic way to put it. Yeah, absolutely. Now, you do more than just work in real estate. Absolutely. So, right. Lots of people come to you for help and just, I want to make my home perfect and I don't know how to do it. But my my question is, get your hand raised. Oh, uh, Sue's helped me with several projects in I, my house. I'm afraid to let my wife listen to this podcast because she's going to be uh, going, do you have probably. Sue's number? Because yep. yeah, we're yep. making some changes. But um, how many, I'm really curious, do you have a lot of people who, who bring you in for the sale of their home and then go, oh, this is what I really need, and then you go help them decorate their new one. Does that happen a lot? It happens a lot. And usually it's because when we're done staging the property, they're thinking, why didn't I call you in five years ago when we moved in? Right, yeah. So, um, yeah. Why don't you spend the the, the few hundred dollars or however much you're going to spend up front and enjoy it? I'm I'm, I'm with you. Well, and the thing I'll point out about redesigning your own home is that Sue has connections that you just don't have. And I'll I'll just give one example of something really cool that we did. So um, we have some Chiefs memorabilia and some Royals memorabilia. And she has a connection with the person that does the matting for the actual teams. And so they were able to take the authentic items and then put those as if they were going in the stadium. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and it wasn't the cheapest thing I've ever done in my life, but it is a really unique piece. And I'll just say like when you compare framing things or matting things at Michael's and then looking at this, the cost was not exorbitantly different. I will put it that way. So Correct. if you're going to make the investment in framing, whether it's your children's items or whatever, and matting them to look uh, professional for a lifetime, you know, when you're looking at doing that yourself at Michael's or getting a professional to do that, the, the cost is not exorbitantly different. So you just have some of those amazing connections to put in the home that people wouldn't just think of. Right. Thank you, Jen. <laughs> All right. We're getting near the end, so I've got okay. got the bombshell question we right. ask everybody. Okay. Right? What's the craziest thing you've seen so that sort of surrounds in the real estate world? I think I see people really, really proud of collectibles, whether it be um, antiques or whether it be China or whether it be weapons or whether it be plants and just... Um, talking to them about the need to, to remove it. Do you have a specific example? Because I'd love to hear a story, a nameless story. And you okay. can even use me. I don't know if I have anything. Um, okay. But something that was really crazy that you walked into and you were like, oh. Yeah. Okay. So we have, we have a gun in each corner, the corner of each room. We have a secret room where our, the bullets are lined up very symmetrically in rows. So it's kind of a display of all of my ammunition. All in a secret room. In a secret room. Oh, this is, this is the war room. This is the doomsday room. I mean, and maybe and, legit and now for their purposes. And we're going to show the house with a gun in every corner. And I, I would talk to him about that because <laughs> I, it's like it's important that they be removed. And then actually, um, when I was in the entryway getting ready to leave, this individual pulled a, a pistol out of the top drawer of a chest and would swing it around his finger. Oh, that's a little strong. Yeah, it was a little strong. And so um, I'm really glad that I was ready to exit stage left. <laughs> so did Doc Holliday get his house sold? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It was a high-end home as well. It was a high-end home. Oh, man, those were probably some really nice firearms there. But yeah, they gosh, were. gosh, I can't imagine having... I mean, don't you have a safe for that? Well, and he did have several safes. And so my, what my recommendation is, you know, just put them in the safe. Um, but he was extreme. I mean, this was his hobby. This was his passion. And, and he had some beautiful pieces, but that can be kind of intimidating. Yeah. yeah well, we could yeah. talk about a whole thing about firearms and safety and yes. real estate yes. showing. Exactly. So hopefully I'm and sure. dead animals. That's one that you <laughs> yeah. know, and, and oh, I gosh. come from a family of hunters, but and I know men are very proud of their trophies as, yes. as well. They should be. I'm not taking anything away from that. However, um, while we do live in the Midwest, we do have some more urban folks move into the area um, that are maybe not fans of firearms and hunting. Mm -hmm. So please remove them from the property. Correct. Yes. I mean, just as a rule, you don't want somebody not buying your house because of the deer head. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, I appreciate the deer head. Not everyone does. Exactly. Or so. the, the picture of you standing over a polar bear. Yeah, that's, yeah. Oh, or the gracious. polar bear skin. Yeah. <laughs> it's a beautiful rug, however. Yeah. It needs to go. Yes, yes. All right, so some of our listeners at this point may be ready to you know, contact somebody, you in particular, about getting some help staging their home. How does somebody get a hold of you? Um, I, you can call me directly on my cell phone, and that is 816-665-1177. You can call me, you can text me at that number, or you can email me at sue at changeitkc.com. 
And don't forget to go out to changeitkc.com on your favorite web browser and take a look at Sue's offerings and all the fine work she does. We're running out of time. Thank you so very much for joining us today, Sue. We really appreciate it. My pleasure, guys. Thanks for having me. This has been a blast. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening in. Tune in next time. You have been listening to Get Real KC with Eric Jurgensen and Jen Justice. For more information or to contact our hosts, visit us at dreamhomesbygen.com where you can find more episodes exploring real estate as it matters to you.